Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture, we're going to talk about the creation of the financial statements from the trial balance. Objectives. We will be able to summarize and describe the accounting cycle leading up to the creation of the financial statements. And then we want to create the financial statements from the adjusted trial balance. That includes, in this case, the balance sheet, the income statement, the statement of owner's equity. We're going to be talking about the balance sheet and the income statement related to a service company. So we're not going to be dealing with like inventory. We're not going to be dealing with the production. We're going to be dealing with a fairly simplified trial balance and creating that trial balance from the trial balance format into the format of financial statements. Before we move on to the creation of the financial statements, it's good to just recap what has done to get here. We want to take a look at the accounting cycle. This is the normal accounting cycle. No matter what type of business we have, we're going to have the same kind of accounting process that we're going to have to go through in order to get the data input and then create the financial statements from it. So we're going to start with record the journalized transactions during the period according to the double entry accounting system. That's what we're going to do. That's what the accounting department does all the time. So every transaction, we're talking about invoices. We're talking about the bills that are going to be entered. We're paying off the bills. All those are going to be the transactions. We're going to record those oftentimes in data systems that will be driven by documentation. But there's going to be journal entries related to those. And those journal entries are what we have created. And those are the building blocks. We take those journal entries. We post them to the general ledger. So we're going to compile all that data into the general ledger. That's what the accounting department is doing. And then the general ledger is used to compile the trial balance. The trial balance is a creation of the debits and credits related to uh, these transactions that are being entered. That's what the accounting department does on a day-to-day -day process. Then we had that end of the period adjusting process. So remember the adjusting process doesn't mean that the accounting department uh, did things wrong. It means that we set up the system in order to have an adjusting process. I would imagine that as a separate step, the separate step of the making the adjustments, meaning we're going to make the financial statements correct as of the end of the cutoff period, usually the end of the month or the end of the year. So then we have that adjusting process leaving us with the adjusted trial balance. Now we have the adjusted trial balance. It's going to be correct as of the date we need to make the financial statements, which will either be the end of the month or the end of the year. Now we're going to take those adjusted trial balance and use those numbers in order to create the financial statements. That's what we're at at this point in time. Once we've done that, then we'll talk about the closing process, and that's the final step through these, this entire process that we're looking at. When we make the adjusted trial balance and we make the financial statements from it, you want to basically think of this as just kind of a puzzle. All we're doing is reordering the numbers. If the adjusted trial balance is in balance, then the balance sheet will be in balance. If it's not, that just means that we need to go in there and dig through and see what is off. We need, though, to enter this into this project thinking that it has to work. We have to convince ourselves of that just as we would if we were working a jigsaw puzzle and we put all the pieces on the table. We have to just know that it's going to work or else we'll kind of give up on the process. So it has to work if the, if the double entry accounting system is in balance in terms of a trial balance. Then we can reorder those numbers and we can put it in balance in terms of a balance sheet. So that's the first thing to note. When we imagine the unadjusted trial or the adjusted trial balance, I'm just going to list the adjusted trial balance so we can just get a, a picture of what that looks like, a general picture, and then we can get a general picture of how we would convert that into a balance sheet, income statement, statement of equity. So remember, we have a chart of accounts. The accounts are in order. We got the assets, then we got the liabilities, then we got the equity, then we got the income, and then we have the expenses. If we think about our giant, our giant T in terms of our trial balance, we're going to start with the assets. The assets I'm going to imagine being in bright green. They're, remember, on the left-hand side because they're debits. So all the assets are debits. They're bright green accounts. Left-hand side on our trial balance listed in this order in this case. 
We've got cash being an asset, green, left-hand side, debit balance. We've got the accounts receivable. We've got the prepaid insurance. This is, these are all assets. We've got supplies is going to be an asset. Land is an asset. Equipment's an asset. And then we've got this funny one called accumulated depreciation. That's going to be the one that usually throws people off if our balance sheet is off. Oftentimes, it's because of the accumulated depreciation. Why? Because it's an asset, but it's a contra asset. So it's an asset, but it doesn't have a debit balance. It's got a credit balance. Therefore, uh, it's going to be a green account, but it's going to be on the right-hand side of the T that we are imagining. It's on the credit side. And that's because, of course, it's related to the equipment account. So it's like the credit half of the equipment account. And then we're going to move on to the liabilities. Liabilities under the assets in our trial balance listed in this order. I'm imagining the liabilities to be yellow, and they're going to be on the right-hand side. So we've got accounts payable being our major liability, and then we've got unearned revenue in this case being our liability. Those are yellow accounts on the right-hand side. Not as many liabilities, obviously, and most of the time, hopefully. And then we've got the, the equity accounts. So we've got the owner's capital account. Owner's capital, what is owed to the owner? Remember, if we're talking about the trial balance, we're talking about really what is the beginning balance usually. What's the beginning balance and possibly what has been invested will be included there because the activity is on the income statement. So that I'm imagining as a bright blue. The bright blue is on the right-hand side. It's on the credit side. So capital accounts on the credit side. Then we've got draws. I'm going to put draws in here. We haven't talked a lot about draws. Draws is going to be the amount of money that the owner takes out. So when the owner says, company's making money and I'm going to draw some of it out then they're going to put it into draws what does that do to total equity decreases it because total equity is going down because it no longer owes the company doesn't owe the owner money it's been taken out draws therefore it's going to be an equity section but it's going to be a blue account on the left hand side on the debit side so it's a debit and then under that we've got the income statement income includes revenue of some kind and expenses of some kind so we're going to start off with revenue Revenue is a credit balance account, so revenue is going to be on the right-hand side. I'm going to imagine this is going to be like a navy blue, all the income statement navy blue, because it's part of equity, but it's going to be broken out on the trial balance. So we've got, uh, that's going to be on the right-hand side, on the credit side, and then we have all the expenses. So all the expenses, again, I'm going to imagine them navy blue. I'm going to imagine those on the left-hand side, those are going to be debit balances. So when we think about the income statement, we've got revenue as a credit, we've got debits, I mean, <laughs> expenses as debits, and then revenue minus expense, that will give us net income. So that's going to give us net income. That's kind of a rundown. I'm not going to uh, put all the numbers in here, but obviously you're imagining that there are numbers there, and we imagine that the total debits are equaling the total credits. Therefore, the trial balance is in balance, and we're just going to move those numbers, and I'm just going to kind of group those into our financial statements. Now, I'm going to start off with the balance sheet, and this is different than some textbooks which often start off with the income statement but I like to think about the balance sheet first because it is everything it's the entire double entry accounting system it's the assets it's the liabilities it's the equity so I'm going to take a look at the balance sheet and then we're going to break into the income statement and see how it relates to the balance sheet so all we're going to do right now is we're going to find a home for all the numbers on the trial balance and we can find a home for all those numbers on the balance sheet however we're going to group a lot of the blue accounts a lot of the capital and uh, the income statement accounts together and then we're going to give some more detail in those accounts on the timing statements being the income statement and the statement of equity so when we go to the balance sheet first we're going to think about the fact that we're going to do it as of a specific point in time so remember the balance sheet is as of a specific point in time it can't really change it's like that is what it is just like 
If someone asks you how much money you have on you at this point in time, that's how much money you have. You may not want to say how much you have, but it, it is what it is at that point in time. That's what the balance sheet is. It is what it is at that point in time. Can't really change. And we just need to report that information. So we have our, our areas. It's going to be assets. And I'm going to put the assets on the, on the left-hand side. And those are going to balance to the accounting equation on the right-hand side, which will be liabilities and equity. Now, this doesn't relate to the T account. So we're not saying that assets are debits here and not on the balance sheet. Now, we are going to use the debits and credits as the building block in order to put the numbers into the balance sheet. Uh, but these are just two columns. We're just saying the assets are going to be on the left-hand side, and we're going to add those up, and then the liabilities and the equity are going to be on the right-hand side, and we're going to add those up, and they'll be in balance, hopefully, and that'll mean that we're in balance. We're not going to use debits and credits because we're presenting this to people that don't understand debits and credits, most likely, and therefore we need to remove those. So we're going to start with the asset side. So the asset side is going to be uh, assets, and then we're going to break assets out into subcategories. Those subcategories being current assets, and property, plant, and equipment. Uh, property, plant, and equipment are going to be the longer-term assets that uh, we can't really use in order to help generate revenue. So if we're talking about buildings or like a forklift or something like that, we can't really use that to pay off current liabilities. Therefore, we're going to break that out in a separate section. So within, as within assets, we've got current assets, and then we're going to break out the current assets. So I'm just going to, if I just look at the trial balance, assets are starting at the top. It started with cash. And I'm just going to list out assets. They're all at the top, and those are just going to be pulled over to the balance sheet. So all, I'm, all we're going to do is say, okay, current assets is going to include cash. Current assets is going to include accounts receivable. Current assets is going to include uh, prepaid insurance. Uh, it's going to include supplies, current assets, and it's not going to include the next one down, which is land. So all we did was just pull over those numbers from the trial balance. We just pulled them into assets under current assets. Now, Within current, within the assets section, I'm going to have two columns here. We're going to say listing these numbers on the left-hand side, and then we're going to sum those up on the right-hand side. This is just a formatting thing, but you can imagine anytime we sum something up, what we do is we have current assets. We usually will have like a colon under current assets, and then we'll indent all the accounts, cash, accounts receivable, prepaid insurance, indicating the fact that they are part of the subtotal of current assets, and then we'll have total current assets, and those will be in a column to the outer side. So that'll be a, a column to the left that will sum them up. And that'll be a typical indication of many kinds of financial statements. You'll see that format. That just means it's going to sum up the current assets. So we're going to sum those up. Then we're going to move on to the second section because the next number on our trial balance is land. And that's an asset, but we need to break it out to property, plant, and equipment. So we're going to have another uh, breakout within our assets. It's going to be called property, plant, and equipment. And under property, plant, and equipment, we're going to list the land. That's going to be the long-term stuff. We're going to list the equipment. That's going to be the long-term stuff. And then we had this accumulated depreciation, our last asset account. But it's that funny one that has a credit balance in it. So our last asset account that has a credit balance. And remember, we said that that is the one that's usually going to throw us off. And that's because that credit balance is really reducing the equipment account. So when we put it into our financial statements, we need to put it in there and, and tell the reader that you need to subtract that one. That one's not adding to the assets. It's actually a decrease to the assets. So when we put that into our financial statements, it's a negative asset, kind of. So we're going to word that. I'm going to put that in in words. So in the, in the description, I'm not just going to say accumulated depreciation. I'm going to say less accumulated depreciation. So that, that means that we're going to add the land. We're going to add the equipment. Then we're going to subtract out that accumulated depreciation. 
Once again, we're going to do that on an inner column on the left-hand side. Then we're going to sum those up to the right-hand side and call that column total property, plant, and equipment. So now under assets, we have a left-hand side column with all the, all the accounts. We got a right-hand side column with only two numbers under assets, those two numbers being the total for those two groups, those two groups being total current assets and total property, plant, and equipment. If we add those two up, then we get the sum up of all the green accounts, all the asset accounts, and that'll be total assets. So now we have total assets on the left-hand side, and we've taken a look at all the assets on the trial balance. We've, we can mark them off and say we found a home for all those. We're good there. Now we just need to find a home for everything else. If we just look at the next number on the trial balance, a typical next number on the trial balance is going to then go to the liabilities, because liabilities are there after the assets. So now we're going to put the liabilities on our balance sheet. You can imagine these on the right-hand side of the page because we want the assets to match the liabilities and the equity. Assets on the, on the left-hand side, liabilities and equity on the right-hand side, not debits and credits, just plus and minus we're talking here. Liabilities on the right-hand side. So we're going to break out liabilities to current liabilities and long-term liabilities. Now, we don't have any long-term liabilities here. They're all current, but we still want to just think about the fact that those are going to be current, and we're still going to label them as current liabilities. Current liabilities mean that they're going to be due within a year. So those are good things if, if we're thinking about something like a mortgage payment or something like that. The, the amount of the loan that's due within a year would be current, and the amount that's going to be due longer after the year would be long-term. So we're looking at the things that are going to be current, things that are due within a year. That year term, completely arbitrary. It's just a year things that are going to be due within a year and the reason that's important is because we can compare that to how much we have in terms of money <laughs> and how much we think we're going to get paid so that we can cover our current assets we want to compare the current assets and the current liabilities so we can see if we can pay it off in any case we got the accounts payable and then that's the next amount on our trial balance it has a credit balance and we're going to put it into the liabilities now again we're not going to put it in the liabilities as a credit we're going to put it under current liabilities just as a plus and minus number, and we're going to put it in the current liabilities. And then we have the only other liabilities, unearned revenue. The revenue that we got money for, but we haven't received it yet, therefore we owe the money back or we owe the service sometime in the future. And that's going to be under the liabilities section as well, and it's going to be added up in that column. Those are the only liabilities that we have, whether they be current or not. So we're then going to, we're going to have current liabilities, colon, we listed out accounts payable and unearned revenue. And then we're going to then have total liabilities. And again, we're going to break out total liabilities to the right-hand side. So we're going to have another column summing up total liabilities on the right-hand side. And that will be that. Then we got the equity section. So the equity section is going to be under the liabilities because we're going to add up liabilities and equity. And that should be the same number as total assets because assets equal liabilities plus owner's equity. So the equity section. Now, the equity section is only going to have one number under it, and it's going to be called the capital account if it's a if it's a sole proprietor. So we've got the capital account. So the capital account is under there. And if I look at the capital account on the balance sheet or on the trial balance, and if I were to pull over the number on a trial balance to the equity section and to the capital amount and then add up liabilities and capital, it would not match total assets. We would be we would seem to be out of balance. And this is the confusing thing about the trial balance versus the balance sheet. That capital account on the trial balance is beginning capital. We don't really say that on the trial balance, but it's, it's beginning capital because all that other stuff underneath it, that's why they're all blue, is included in that number. 
So it's important to, to note that we need to be able to see, okay, the capital account on the balance sheet, uh, that is the total capital account. It includes the capital and includes all the blue accounts. The capital account on the trial balance is only the beginning capital account because all the numbers underneath it need to be included in it in order for it to be the ending capital account. So that's why I like to start off with the, basically the balance sheet and explain what is going to be in that capital account on the balance sheet and then break it out on the income statement. So if you were to just uh, put the capital account all together on the balance sheet, it should work. And that means we found a home for all the assets. We found a home for all the liabilities. Now we need to find a home for all the equity. And that's all the blue. That means it includes the capital accounts. It includes the draws. It includes the income. And it includes the uh, expenses. So if we were to add those up in Excel, if you had the trial balance in Excel, you just add them all up, it'd be pretty easy. Uh, the way you would do it, though, you'd say the capital account is a credit balance. So a credit balance is going to win, so it's going to be the credit uh, plus, or minus the draws plus income minus all the expenses. That number will be basically a credit winning, or you can think about it if you added up all the credits in those accounts minus all the debits in those accounts, then you, you would get the balance that will be in total capital. Uh, the other way you can think about it is you can say, well, net income. In a lot of trial balance, if you set the trial balance, you'll be able to see what net income is. And that'll just be income minus expenses. Hopefully, it's a credit balance because the income is going to be higher than the expenses. And whatever that income is, then the capital account is going to be the owner's capital account, a credit, plus net income, which is a net credit, income minus expenses, minus draws. So you want to think about that, that entire bottom part of the trial balance is going to be in that capital account and as long as you get the debits and credits right and if you do it in Excel that you can you know you can do that pretty easily then you can get that number for the owner's equity and it's a group of those numbers meaning it's the capital the draws the income and the expenses combined and put that straight into the equity section now in this case that's all that's in the equity section we're not grouping anything else out that's just the one number representing all the capital accounts in one number then if we add up the total liabilities and the total equity, that would give us the total liabilities and equity, which should match our total assets. That's how our balance sheet's in balance. It is the accounting equation. It means assets equal liabilities plus equity. So that's everything. That's the total double entry accounting system right there. That's all we really need to make the double entry accounting system work. However, we'd like to know more, know more information, especially in terms of timing. And really, if we think about this equity account that we grouped everything into, that's really the book value of the company, meaning if we had assets minus liabilities, that means assets, what we have, minus liabilities, what we owe somebody else, that would give us the equity, kind of the book value of the company. So what we want to know is, is a story about that book value of the company. How did we get to that book value of the company? And that's what the income statement is, and that's what the statement of equity is. We're going to go back like a year or a month usually and look at the story and say, well, this is what happened last year or last month. This is how much income we made. This is how much expenses we had last year or last month. That gives us part of the story, just as if we were watching a movie and it started with someone falling off a cliff at the first frame, and then it went back like a year into their life or something like that. They give us part of the story. That's what we're doing. That's what the income statement is. So what we're going to do now, even though we found a home for everything, we're going to go back to all the blue accounts. We're going to break them out. We're going to find a home for them again. That's how the income statement is related to the balance sheet. We're breaking out this one number, getting a better story about what that number is. We're going to start off doing that with the income statement. 
So the income statement is going to start off with revenue. So it's under the blue. It's going to be those dark navy blue. We, we said that the revenue is on a, is a credit balance. And then we got all the expenses or all the debit balances. And that's all that's going to be in the income statement. So a very simplified income statement for a very simplified kind of service company is, is really easy because we only have probably one or two revenue accounts, in this case one, and then we have a bunch of expense accounts. Uh, the only reason income statements really get kind of complicated and looking at a later point in time is because we're subgrouping a lot of different things. Once we start to subgroup a lot of different things, which we'll talk about later, they're still just really revenue and expenses. You know, we got revenues going up and then minus all the expenses. But now we end up subgrouping those expenses, so we got to put them in the proper group. But a basic income statement is just going to be that. It's going to be revenue minus all the expenses. So we're going to start off with an income statement. And we're going to have to say for the terminology is going to be for the month ended. So remember, when we start look at the income or the year ended, whatever the, uh, whatever the time frame we're looking at is. What that means is, is we're start, if we say for the year ended, that means we're starting at January 1st and we're ending at December 31st if it's a calendar year end. So we've got to keep that in mind. Big points to note that the income statement is a time frame and the balance sheet is a point in time. All right, so now we're going to go through these accounts here. we got the revenue account. Revenue on our trial balance. If we went through our trial balance, we looked at the revenue, we would say that's a credit balance account. We see it's a credit balance account. We're going to put it on the income statement, not as a credit, but as plus and minus because we don't want debits and credits on the income statement. We're going to put that on our top account. I'm going to have two columns. I'm going to imagine two columns on the income statement because not because of debits and credits again, but because we want to have that subcategory type of thing. We want to put the uh, sub the accounts on the left and then subcategorize and add them up on the right. Now, revenue, there's only one revenue account. We don't need to do that if there's like one number. I don't need to say, okay, here's the revenue account and here's total revenue. There's only one revenue account. So we're just going to put that on the right-hand side, not needing any subcategories. The expenses then, under that, on the income statement, we're going to imagine expenses, and you're going to imagine putting in a subcategory, expenses, colon, and then we're going to list all the expenses. And of course, there's usually a lot of expenses because we pay a lot of different people. And, and on the revenue side, there's usually a lot fewer because we only do one or two things. And that's what our revenue grouping accounts will be. So on the expense side, we've got wages expense. We've got utilities expense. We've got insurance expense, supplies expense, depreciation. They're all just going to be listed there on the trial balance. All we're going to do is put those under the expense area on the income statement, list them out. I would indent them to make sure that they are part of the expenses area. And then we're just going to list the numbers related to them, not in the terms of debits and credits, but they're going to pull over in terms of plus and minus. And then on the right-hand side, we're going to sum all that up. We're going to have another uh, line item saying total expenses, and we're going to put that into the right-hand side. So we have the numbers and the accounts on the left, and then we're just summing them up to the right. Not debits and credits, just summing up plus and minus. We sum up all the expenses. Now on the income statement on our right-hand side column, We've got the two categories of the income statement. One, revenue. Two, expenses. We want to subtract one revenue minus two expenses, and that'll give us net income. And that should be easy for us to match. If we had our trial balance and we just added these up on the trial balance, we, should be, we might be able to just say, okay, net income ties out to the net income that we had calculated on the trial balance. And we could say, okay, we found a home again for all these other blue numbers. So we found a home for all the blue numbers, and we found a home for all the dark blue numbers, all the income statement numbers, and we found a home for the assets and the liabilities. We haven't found a home for the equity numbers, 
outside of that big grouping on the balance sheet. So that's what we're going to do next time with the next timing statement, that being the statement of owner's equity. Owner's equity being the amount that is owed to the owner. Now, owner's equity is going to be a fairly basic uh, statement. The thing that's confusing about owner's equity is, once again, that it starts off with that capital account, and that capital account on the trial balance is confusing because it, there's no date on it. Really, it should be like beginning capital account on the trial balance because it doesn't include all the stuff that's going to be closed out into it to get to the ending. So when we, link, when we think about the, the trial balance, if we looked at all the blue accounts from capital to draws to revenue to expenses, if we added all those up, that would be the ending capital account. The amount that's on there, that apart from that, that's just in the capital account on the trial balance, is the beginning capital account. So if we keep that in mind, we'll just put together the statement of owner's equity. So statement of owner's equity is a timing statement again. So we're going to have to say for the month ended or for the year ended, it's going to be a time frame. And what we're going to be measuring is, is the change in terms of what is owed to the owner from the company over the time frame that has been covered. So we're going to start off with owner's capital account and we're going to put a date to it this time. So if it's, if it's the beginning of the year, it'd be January 1st. And we would say this is the capital account as of January 1st. Now, when we look at the trial balance, we don't see that account with a date, but we think that the capital account is probably that number. So we're going to say that capital account, that's what we're going to pull into our beginning capital account, capital account as of January 1st, if it's for the year. Now, I say probably because there is an exception to that. And remember, we broke out draws, but we usually, oftentimes we don't break out uh, investments. So when the company puts money in, like when the owner puts money into the company, and the first year the company, the owner puts money into the company, and that might be the capital account, and it, and it wasn't something there from beginning, it wasn't something there from last year, the owner put the money in. After that first year, however, then uh, hopefully the owner's not putting more money in. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the business is making money, and the, uh, and the owner's drawing money out in terms of draws. So usually the investments, oftentimes we don't, break out as investments in a separate account. We just put those in the owner's equity. And usually the draws we do break out in a separate account so we can see the draws being separate. So if it's the first year of operation, that equity account might be uh, an investment and not from the last year. If it's the second or third year of operation, I mean, if it's been a continuing business, then that capital account hopefully is just the beginning balance and doesn't include more investments. How do you know this? You would then look at the general ledger. You look at the general ledger and you say, okay, What's the beginning capital account as of the beginning of the time frame? And you'd see what that is. And then you'd see, okay, is there any activity? Did anything happen? Did anything get posted to this account? And if not, then that means that it's the beginning capital account. Okay, so here it's the beginning capital account. So we're going to put that on the owner's equity. And then we're going to say what's going to increase the capital account. And that's going to be all the other blue accounts that we just added up on the income statement. So the revenue minus the expenses, which we just added up on the income statement, into net income, the bottom line number on the income statement, then is going to be included in the statement of owner's equity. So the statement of owner's equity has income in it, net income, net income, <laughs> income minus expenses, as one number on it. So that's how the income statement is related to the statement of owner's equity. And then there's only one other number we haven't accounted for, that's draws. So we're going to pull in draws, and draws is the money that the owner took out, Therefore, it's a it's a debit balance and like a, it's a contra that's a, like a contra equity account. It's going to reduce the equity account because equity credits are going to win hopefully. <laughs> so the draws are going to reduce 
the equity account. So we're going to put in our words, we're going to say less draws. So we're going to tell our reader, not with a subtraction sign usually, but we're going to tell our reader with, with the wording less draws. So then we're going to have less draws. And so we have the beginning capital account plus net income less draws. And that will give us the, like the net increase in uh, the capital account. That'll give us the ending balance in the capital account. So the capital account will be calculated as the beginning capital account plus net income less draws. And that'll give us the ending capital account. Last number then on the statement of owner's equity is going to be owner's capital, but the date's different. So we started with owner's capital as of January 1st. The last number is owner's capital as of December 31st. If we're talking about an entire year, that's the ending capital number. Now that ending capital number is the same number that we had on the balance sheet. That's the same number as when we just added up all the blue accounts on the balance sheet. We now have broken out all those blue accounts into a separate uh, area. So we have more detail on the blue accounts. That more detail being timing. We know the timing of the blue account giving us the story. Now, if we imagine all of them put together, all the financial statements. Now we have the balance sheet. We have the income statement. We got the statement of owner's equity. We think about how they're related and how we know they're in balance. There's certain things we should just tie out and say, do these things match up? Well, first of all, we need to know, is it in balance? So that's going to be totally on the on the balance sheet. We're going to say the balance sheet, total assets, should add up to total liabilities plus owner's equity. If it does not, then we go back to the trial balance, and we don't get frustrated that it doesn't work or something doesn't work because we know it works, and we just go back and we just kind of find out that we probably messed up and went the wrong way with something. I would take a look at uh, accumulated depreciation because we should be subtracting that out on the asset side. And then we know that the income statement, we have net income, that net income should tie out to the statement of equity, which also has net income in the calculation. So remember, the statement of owner's equity is going to include that net income. So we need to tie those out. We should look at the financial statement and say, all right, does that tie out to those two numbers match? And they should. And then we should see that the statement of owner's equity ending balance should be the owner's capital count as of the end of the time period, December 31st, if that's the time period we are covering. And that number then should match the owner's equity section on the balance sheet. Those two numbers need to be the same. If they're not, something's wrong. We got to go figure it out. Not being frustrated, we're just going to figure it out. And those should tie out. So we want to tie all those out every time we look through the financial statements.